Welcome to Footprints Across Texas, the story of the Kreisha family and their survival in Central Texas. I'm Charles Hebert, and I will be bringing you the true story, the real story of the Kreisha family of Fayette County. But before we even get to that, how do you get to write a book about the Kreisha family and what, what sparked that interest? Four years ago, I had the opportunity because of our neighbor across the road, Joyce Cadell, who came to me and she said, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but would you like to become a docent for Monument Hill Chrysler Brewery in LaGrange, Texas? Not knowing what a docent was, not knowing what a docent is or does, I blindfully volunteered for a seven-week course to be conducted by Dennis Smith, the park superintendent for Texas Parks and Wildlife, at the historic site of Kreisha Brewery Monument Hill. Well, one thing led to another and we were we were required to learn everything about the, the Kreishas and the more I learned, the more I sought. The more I sought, the more I learned. I conducted tours on the bluff, I conducted tours of the Kreishas, home on the bluff, and uh, from there, things started to progress. So it's one of those things that you, you decide that you want to do, after you've been in it, and the more that you search and the more that you find uh, that spark that creates that, then the more it materializes. So before we even begin the stories of the Chrysler of Fayette County and the book which came out in 2018, you have to understand what the environment was like in Germany in the 1840s. 1840s Germany was quite different than the economy of the rest of the world. Roads were pitiful. There was an upper class and a lower class, but no middle class. You were expected, if you were born, to stay in the same village and to be raised in the same village and do the same things that your parents did and their parents did. About this time, there was a group of German noblemen, the Adelsverein. The noblemen bought large acre tracts of land in Texas and offered the opportunity to any German who would come 400 acres. If they stayed on the land, cultivated the land, the land would become theirs and therefore they would gain a foothold in the new world. So who is Heinrich Kreische? Heinrich Kreische is born in Germany. He is the third of three children born to his parents, Johann Gottlieb Kreischer and Marianne Balzer. They are Lutherans. They are married in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Furstenau, a large village one and a half miles from their home in Gottgetrau, where Kreischer was born. He has an older brother named Karl and an older sister named Caroline. It is Karl whom he attaches to. Kreischer's mother was Catholic and Bohemian Czech. His father is a cottager who worked his trade as a linen weaver. His grandfather was a miner living in the same village of Gottgetrau. Carl was the firstborn on September the 29th, 1817 in Gottgetrau, followed by Carolyn on March the 30th, 1819. Heinrich, the last born, is born on May the 21st, 1821. They depart Germany in 1846, but in between they learn their trade 
of stonemasons, they being Karl and Heinrich, in a town called Holzminden, which was known for its trade. Their town is located in what was then Hessen and is still Hessen in the part of Germany known as Saxony in 1846 during the month of October on the ship the Albatross. They are bound for Texas. They land in Galveston on December 26, 1846, and that's where Heinrich's story begins. From Galveston, the two men move inland to their land grant in what is now Mason County. Each one has been awarded 400 acres on the Llano River. When they arrive, one can only imagine what it looked like. Both men are stonemasons. They know nothing about farming. Somewhere around 1847, Heinrich Ludwig makes the decision to come to Fayette County. His brother Carl stays behind in what is then Bear County and remains there the rest of his life living in San Antonio. But Heinrich Ludwig is ambitious. Arriving in Fayette County, not knowing anyone per se, he makes the acquaintance of a man named George Wilrich. Now, George Wilrich is a relatively wealthy man. He owns the bluff that overlooks LaGrange. He lives on an estate called Mount Eliza, which is just down the bluff from LaGrange, headed south towards what is now the town of Schulenburg. Kreisha lives with Wilrich under the condition that he will do some stone masonry in other words, build some fireplaces and do some work on the foundation of his home. And in exchange, he will be paid. Enough so that in 1848, Heinrich is responsible for conducting, a constructing rather, a tomb on the bluff in LaGrange that will house the remains of those soldiers from the Mier expedition who were killed in Mexico and returned to LaGrange. Heinrich saves enough money and saves enough money to purchase 172 and a quarter acres from Wilrich for the grand total of $350. It is here that Kreischer will place his footprint in Fayette County. He begins a construction of his home, a modest home at that, in 1850, consisting of a basement, a basement which will eventually become the kitchen of the Kreischer home and a bedroom upstairs. Somewhere in 1851, he makes the acquaintance of a man named Andreas Amens. Now, Amens is a carpenter. So between Kreischer and Amens, they do quite a bit of work in the community of LaGrange. They're known for the quality of workmanship, with Heinrich as the stonemason. So much so that in 1853, Christ's world begins to change. The county commissioners make the decision to build a new jail. For up until that point, the county was sending prisoners and paying the expense to other counties surrounding Fayette County to house prisoners. The commissioner's court appointed a committee for the purpose of making out plans for building the county jail to be constructed as follows, 32 feet by 23 feet, two stories high, the down story to be 10 feet from the floor to the ceiling and contain two rooms, 12 feet by 21 feet, and the upper story to contain two rooms, two feet by 16 feet, 
each in a passageway of four and a half feet wide, the entire length of the building, with one chimney, one fireplace, with 18-inch walls made of brick, and at least one of the cells to be made secured by lining it with boiler iron or by bar iron crossed and riveted as the building committee may seem proper. To furnish the stone in place of brick, Kreisha has purchased with his 350 acres, a quarry which overlooks the Colorado River. It is from here he will quarry his stone to meet the specifications of the new jail. One of the interesting construction pieces on the Kreischer property is what is called a quick lime kiln, which is limestone stacked to a grand total of 18 feet tall with wood in between that burns at a temperature of about 1800 degrees Fahrenheit for days till the stone finally cracks, it is crushed, mixed with water, and suffices as a limestone covering. This will be the same process that he used on his house to finish the interior walls, which he will finish the jail. The commissioner's court goes on to say in their specifications for the jail, they earnestly requested to issue a notice in the following paper, the Texas Monument, the Galveston News, and a paper in Houston for sealed proposals for building this county jail. Kreischer and Amon are awarded the bid for a grand total of $4,000 to be paid through installments, with the first being $400 paid in August of 1853. Further, the court authorizes George W. Sinks to enter into contact for construction of the cages. Now, Sinks is a merchant in town. He runs a general store. Kreischer is asked to complete some additions to the new jail, while Amons was asked to complete quarters for the jailer and his wife, along with a closet as jailers during this period often lived at the jail and their spouses cooked for the prisoners. Kreischer and Amons complete the construction of the building in December of 1853, making it the earliest known Kreischer-built structure besides the tomb that he's built on the bluff. In November of 1854, the county takes possession of the new jail with commissioner's courts reflecting the following and further appearing to the satisfaction of the court and appearing that the work on said jail is done in a good and workmanlike manner ordered by the court, that said jail be as the same hereby received. The court immediately ordered the sheriff to take charge of the jail for safekeeping for prisoners, with finally in December of 1853 the final payment to Amons and the amount of $1,406 to Kreischer. $533.11. I had the opportunity when writing the book to uh, to actually put my fingers on these notes through the Fayette County Heritage Museum and Archives, which are upstairs. Uh, they let me actually touch the actual documents, but I had to have gloves on. So it was, it was quite a thrill to be able to hold something that you were researching and that you were writing about. In addition to that, one of the opportunities that I had when I wrote the book was to be able to go to the Texas State Archives on a couple of occasions and go through 107 boxes of Chrysler material that were taken off the bluff. From 1853 to 1855, times are changing in Central Texas. The immigration is increasing through the port of Galveston through the port of Indianola, through the port of Houston. 1849, a correction, 1847 to 1850, 15,000 German immigrants landed in Galveston and scattered over Texas. 
German settlements in Fayette County centered around the farm with a strong belief that the individual was more suited to solve his own problems than that of a colonized program. Germans as a whole during that period were opposed to slavery and preferred not to antagonize American settlers or meddle in their affairs. Most believed that each should take care of their own. 1853, Heinrich Ludwig Kreisch's life would change forever. To be continued in the next episode.